0: Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our Total Energy Plan. Energy Australia, light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au.
1: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Toddlers are the most accident-prone creatures alive. They're still learning, after all, learning to walk, they're curious enough to climb and more than able to get a good bump on the head. When is it something to be worried about and take them to the doctor? And when will an ice pack on the head and a little lie down suffice? Sarah Hunstead is the director of CPR Kids and a former emergency paediatric nurse. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm well. Would head bumps be one of the more common injuries you'd see in emergency? If I had a dollar or even 50 cents (laughs) for every head injury that I've
0: seen over my career... I tell you what, uh, yes, I would be on a
1: yacht right now. Now, I did say toddler, but I think we can extend it to uh, the general range of children. How about just Probably the general a- population? To stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the general population doesn't do what my son did, which not so long ago, we have this huge beanbag thing. It's actually called a love sack. My husband loves it. It's a, you just. It's a big. It's a beanbag for men, really. Anyway, my son had this thing where he'd run full pelt at it and jump into it. And one day when I was away, he did that and missed the beanbag and went straight into the wall. Ouch! And my husband sent me the picture of his head whilst I was at work. I'm pretty sure Elise was there, and I was like, uh... Actually, no, it was on the way home. I was stuck in traffic and it came up on my phone. And there's my son with this massive egg on his forehead. And I went, "Mm, husband, give him a ring. I think maybe he needs to go and see a doctor. And apparently five minutes afterwards, he managed to get him laughing and he was fine. And it was a bump that was right on his forehead, basically in the middle of his head. The impact zone. Massive, massive bump. I was worried about that and I didn't know if that was one of the danger points because there are more, there are some parts of your head are more dangerous than others. Is that right? Well, it's about looking
0: at your child as a whole. So not just focusing on where they've been hit, but what are they like afterwards? What are they doing? And what kind of injury was it? So when it comes to head injuries in children, believe me, I'm sorry, but
1: if you haven't been through it yet, you will. And it's horrible. Yes. It's horrible. Firstly because you think, why didn't I prevent that from happening? Oh, because they're children. And because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> because my husband was looking after him. I'm just joking. He was that was gonna happen whether I was there or not. Um yes, so you're you worried because the head, you're like, what damage have you done? Yeah, exactly. But it's really interesting because when
0: it comes to babies and toddlers, their head is one third the size of their body. Like really. <laughs> they're massive. Thank goodness they're not that big when they come out, just saying. (laughs) But really, their heads are huge, so it's inevitable they are weighted (laughs) that way. So the impact zones are usually across the forehead, uh, the back of the head, and also the chin area. So you can guarantee at some stage that your child is going to either end up with an egg or a laceration from impact to one of these zones. Otherwise, you know, I actually, this is one of my big things. I'm a a pediatric nurse, I'm a mum, I run a first aid company for goodness sake, but I truly believe that we cannot let our children be wrapped up in cotton wool. It is so important for their development to do things like run into bean bags and miss and hit the wall or to climb a tree and fall out. They have to do that. They have to take risks because that's how they become resilient adults. We just need to know what to look for and how to patch them up afterwards. So that's the really important thing. So what are you looking for? So imagine, or well, not imagine because you've been through it, <laughs> but imagine your child has hit their head. And one particular mum comes to mind when I think about this. I still remember her presenting to triage at the hospital. She sits down and she just shakes her head. And I look at this child who's got this tea towel attached to his forehead. And she says, yep, oval, big oval, one pole (laughs) in about a 500-meter radius, and he runs into it. (laughs) The poor kid. Bless. Yes. So, yes, stuff like that absolutely does happen. So, imagine your child has fallen over. You may not need to imagine. they may have already had it done. They fall. They hit their head. What we want is we want them to cry immediately. That is great. It's one of those things where in the middle of the night, do we want our kids to cry? No, we don't. But if they are sick or injured, the louder they scream, the better I feel. So they've hit their head. They scream. You run over to them. They need a cuddle. You look at their head and they've got this nice big egg there. Or perhaps they have split the skin from impact and then, you know, obviously some firm direct pressure on there and have a look. See if you go... (gasps) it probably needs some glue or stitches and then that's off to the hospital. But if you look at it and go, oh, that's actually okay. It probably is. So, but the eggs are more common. So you've got your child, they've screamed, they're in your lap. You look at this egg, talk to them. Can you calm them down? Can you distract them? Do they all of a sudden just want to get straight back into what they're doing? They're like, no, let me get back to my trains or my Lego or whatever they're doing, great. That is absolutely fantastic. Have a look at that egg on their head. And I know this is a little bit gross and I apologize, but just touch it. Don't like, you know, poke it. forcefully poke <laughs> it, <laughs> but just touch it and have a feel. It should feel relatively firm because what we worry about, okay, really cool analogy here. Okay. A really, me. really cool one. Okay. Avocados. <laughs> and it should feel like an avocado that you kind of want in your salad.
1: If it feels like a guacamole avocado, no good. <laughs> Medical attention. I'm not sure how I feel about that analogy. But anyway, I get what you're saying. Uh, uh, squishy, bad, firm, but a little bit soft, okay. Yes. Good. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Because squishy can mean that there's a significant amount of bleeding under there that they may have some kind of fracture. Maybe, maybe not. But that's something that really needs to be seen. So that's looking at the bump. If they're fine, it's reasonably firm, you're going, you know what? Things are great here. They just want to get back to what they're doing. Good luck trying to get an ice pack or a cool pack on it. Don't put it directly on the skin. Use a tea towel or something first. If they'll tolerate it, great. Maybe it's just a cool face washer over the top fine, no problem. But when we need to worry, when we need to seek medical help, number one, if they've had a loss of consciousness, so they've smacked into that wall or pole or whatever it was and they knocked themselves out, even if it was just for five seconds. And I'm not talking about stunned and looking around. I mean, unconscious, like a rugby player knocked out on the field. Immediate medical help, please, because that is a huge impact on a child. If you find that they're not their usual selves. So you've normally got that cyclone tearing around the house or, you know, that they're just behaving really differently to usual after the injury. That's a red flag. If they have a seizure, obviously you're calling an ambulance. If they have more than one vomit, so I don't know about you, but my kids, if they got too upset, then you'd be guaranteed a chuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So often, you know, it can be being upset, you know, that might make them vomit, but they've had that head injury, they vomit again. That's going to worry me a lot. Okay. So we need to, particularly if they are continuing to vomit, we need medical help. If they are complaining of a headache, that's just not going away. So it's persistent. If they're really sleepy and it's not their usual bedtime, That's something that can be a red flag as well.
1: What if they go, what if they have that accident before their usual bedtime? Because that's happened before as well. And I've just spent the whole night on edge thinking, how often do I have to check them? And when is it okay just to let them sleep? Exactly. That's a great question because most head injuries happen around, well, this is anecdotal, not
0: research. This is just (laughs) experience experience. in my own house Um, because a lot of head injuries happen before bedtime because they're tired and they're doing stupid things. Let's be honest, it does happen. So keep them up for a little bit. See if they're doing their normal pre-bedtime behavior. If they are, put them to bed. If your gut says, no, nah, I'm all right with this, put them to bed, but you're going to go in and you're going to poke them. <laughs> so 15 minutes or so later, you're going to go in there and you're going to poke them. And if they get cranky at you, they're like, leave me alone. They're rousable. Fantastic. Keep doing that periodically until you go to bed. When you're about to go to bed, if you just go, you know what, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm still feeling really nervous about this. You know, I, something's just not Right. Go and get medical help. But if you go, you know what, geez, they're just getting cranky at me. We're all good here. I'm sure everything's
1: fine. Then have a sleep. That's fine. So we've talked about what to do, how to look after them, when to go to emergency, when to go see your GP. Um, My only other question, and this again has to do with where the bump happens. For some reason as a child, I remember being taught that the side of your head, the temples, was the most sensitive and dangerous place and you could get one whack there and die is that true? And does the same observation apply? Like if they hit their head on the side, should you be extra worried or? So once again, it's about looking at your child
0: because I've certainly seen kids with severe head injuries that have been hit in the back of the head or even in the front. So it's about, hang on, what do they do if they just, for example, ended up with, you know, maybe, oh goodness, let's think a soft ball in the head. Okay may, I'm not going to be as worried as if they fell three meters off their tree house. So we need to think about the mechanism of the injury. So certainly, you know, they may look okay, but geez, they just fell three meters out of a treehouse. Hello, we're going to get some medical help. Similarly, I've seen children who have fallen from standing height and ended up with nasty head injuries that have needed to go to operating theaters. So it's about just being aware, Being aware, looking at them, thinking about that mechanism of injury, and just thinking to yourself, I'm going to be just that little more alert over the next, up to actually 48 hours afterwards. Because, you know, if they started vomiting the next day, hey, might be gastro.
1: But maybe it's got something to do with that head injury they had yesterday. I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind just in case. And sometimes children don't even tell you they've hurt their heads. Should we be talking to them and saying, look, if you ever bump your head, just let mummy or daddy know so we know to keep an eye on you. Yeah, absolutely. But it's about doing that for all sorts of medical things because if we don't talk
0: about medical things to our kids, about how we can feel or things that we need to do, then if something does happen, it's going to be a terrifying experience with them, you know, for them, when if we do have to take them to hospital or to the GP. So doing medical play
1: at home with their toys or with them is a really important part of their development. Okay. Sarah, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. That's Sarah Hunstead, Director of CPR Kids, and this is definitely something that they talk about in their first aid course, and it also comes with this incredible traffic light card system, which helps you to work out straight away whether this is something, whether the injury is something that needs to be attended by a doctor, whether you need to call an ambulance, whether you're okay to sit and watch it. I highly recommend them. If you want to check out more, head to their website. We'll put links up on ours, babyology.com.au forward slash feedplaylove. Next time on Feed Play Love, we're talking to GP Sneha Widwani about short-term contraception. Um, the pill is a really highly used option for contraception, and it generally isn't used that well. To find out how you should be using the pill, listen to our next episode of Feed Play Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.